the long lost episode number 52 is resurrected between uh, the old intern trying to teach the new intern how to upload stuff. It managed to disappear, but we got it back. And in this episode, we do talk about Honda 450X, dead batteries, how a fender color can change your bike, not to mention recluse setup tips. And with that, I'd like to mention that Recluse is sponsoring the show. They've helped us out for a long time. Recluse is the maker of auto clutches and high-performance manual clutch components. They have interesting stuff like a left-hand rear brake. They make better parts to make your clutch work, well, a lot better. And if you're into the auto clutch like I am, they can have the clutch doing all the work for you so you don't have to. So with that, we'll get on to the show. Live from Pahrump, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, episode number 52. We are coming to you during the time of the uh, pandemic-infested... So if you're listening to this in the future uh, and we're all dead... Um, it's because we weren't very smart humans. Um, or if we're all around and everything's back to normal, which, you know, uh, God willing, that's what happens. Uh, we were just being safe, and I guess better safe than sorry. But um, welcome to the show where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products, dirt bike and dirt bike-related products. Uh, this is... It's uh, getting to be available all over the place. Uh, we do this live on Facebook currently um, uh, at 7 o'clock in the evening on Tuesday. You can usually tune in and chat with us through the chat room. You may have watched some of the videos on the YouTubes. You may have listened to them on iTunes or SoundCloud. And you may have questions there. I'm not sure where we can farm your questions from at that point yet because there's just too many places where everybody's putting your questions. Where do you find the questions, Logan? Facebook? Oh, no. On the sheet of paper that I print out. Yeah. Okay. Where, how do you think, uh, anyway, so the best place, Facebook, the best place to put the the questions is probably on, we see a lot of them on the YouTube. They come through on YouTube. It's pretty easy to find because that's where a lot of people are watching the show. Uh, The, if you're, I think if you are, you know, listening to this on iTunes or something like that, I suspect the best way to send a question would be to email me. Or if you can't figure out exactly where it's at, uh, uh, the email, it's not that hard. It might be my name at the website that we run. Uh, pretty easy. And then you can um, submit us a question there. Or you can call in. Or we actually have a call-in. We have a whole thing set up to actually handle call-ins, which we like to use more effectively, but we forget to practice with it. So um, uh, blame us. So live on the phone currently, we have uh, George, who's usually a guest host, who would probably sit in the – now he, he makes Logan sit in the middle. George, how you doing? Doing great. How you doing? I'm doing out there in the Valley of the dirt people. Valley of the dirt people is actually pretty nice right now because it's, it's, it's mellow. And uh, in my world, it's not too bad. Is somebody fidgeting at your house right now? Your speaker is really sensitive. You hear somebody fidgeting? Yeah. Yeah. On my end? Yeah, on your end. Well, that's because I'm pouring a drink. 
I'll sit down and sequester myself That's for a, a second. Sorry. Yeah, you need to handcuff yourself to the chair. Uh, if you know, it's like it's like it'd be like me going, like, oh, hold on, let me get a drink. Yeah, okay, hold know. on, I'll mute the TV too because I'm doing multimedia. Oh. Getting into this now that I've been sequestered for so long. Right. So my question to you, George, is: um, Would you rather be out here riding dirt bikes right now? Yeah, you know, and I was all set to go out there. I figured I'd be pretty isolated in the car driving out there and all this, but I'm trying to comply. You know, I'm a rule follower, so. That's good. Um, we're we're complying, too. We're, you know, I'm v- being very careful when we were riding. Logan and I didn't get more than six feet apart in the flat track, which, by the way, now is um, a central watering spigot. So, so we can water from the center, so that way you don't you don't have to pull hoses to drive the truck around and and, and drag stuff. But you say you couldn't get you couldn't get six foot away from Logan on the flat track because I believe that. <laughs> I know I was I was keeping my safe space, my safe distance, but I was wearing eye protection, you know, so it wasn't stuff wasn't going to go in my eyes. Uh, I hey, this show is um, partially sponsored, mostly sponsored by me. Um, I run. Uh, an off-road riding school that's now um, canceled. So I'm going to go on unemployment in about a week uh, after I finish up some other business that I'm going to fire myself. So, um, cause there's nothing really else to do until I'm told what I can do. Uh, so if you want to uh, <laughs> sign up for our newsletter at Jimmy Lewis and then you can find out when we're back in business. And uh, uh, we don't just build uh, Dakar champions here at Jimmy Lewis off-road. We help the regular guy, right, Logan? Yes. Logan is actually, believe it or not, he says a lot more at my schools. Um, he's uh, one of my coaches. He can he can tell you what you're doing wrong when you're riding. And and one of the things we're working on, not I wouldn't say diligently, but you know, it's we're, we're working on it is getting an online training program going. So the next time this happens, because this is going to start happening every what two three years now, we're going to get a new pandemic, you know, sweep in the world. Um, we'll have to go online. And the good thing about motorcycles is you can do them by yourself or with a small group of friends, and you can usually spread yourself out. And so I'm going to provide a way that you can go and learn to do your motorcycle riding at any level, much better, uh, and we'll have some uh, something in place. So I actually have somebody that's, like, way smarter than me working on, like, literally – oh, I can't even talk about it. It's so cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it's cool. Uh, so yeah, Jimmy Lewis off road and we have, and we, we have these really nice little chapsticks that are, um, uh, champions use these by the way. <laughs> so, uh, and regular people too. So what, what's new Logan? This is where the co-host like, you know, like chimes in, you've got your little you know thing, you know, what's new. And then you say, what's new? Um, mm-hmm. no school. They're trying to do school. They're not doing that good at it. Okay. You can come over here. I can teach you lots of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had Gabe trying to be a, a teacher today. Dude, I heard you guys working on it. You're getting good. We have how many? We have literally 34, probably 35 episodes of Tech Talk that we can get uploaded to SoundCloud. Yeah. And uh, do that. And so Gabe is working on that. I'm going to get Logan working on that. Uh, we have a lot of backlog of dirt bike test stuff that if these kids could, um, do some of the mechanics behind it, uh, it'd be awesome. We'd get some stuff up. I have a, a test on that climb power cross jacket that I keep talking about. What do we do today, Logan? Take photos. Right. 
You have to take photos because without photos, you have no test. Unless you can talk about it, but I actually like to do it as a video where I talk about it and we have photos so you can watch it and then we turn it into a dirt bike test podcast. Uh, so we'll have that up shortly. Uh, it doesn't take much for me to talk, especially about myself, right? Oh, silence. That's good, Logan. That's that's a good that's a good time for silence. <laughs> so, I don't know when I'm supposed to pick it up here and keep it rolling along. Oh, oh any, anytime, George. It's so hard to do remotely, and now my screen's froze. I don't know don't, if anybody else. Okay, don't watch that, the don't watch the screen because it's boring. You're well, just I like to see that you guys are alive. You know. Okay, because I. The world's coming. Well, here's the problem with these kids. If these kids, hey Logan, you have a girlfriend? No. No. Well, don't get one that's Did everybody a everybody hear that post his hashtag up there. Yeah. <laughs> don't get one that's a super spreader. Like just stay away from those ones cuz if you get a super spreader girlfriend, then you're going to bring it and then I'm going to get it and then you know who's old in here is me compared to you and Gabe. Gabe Gabe was out were you stockpiling food and stuff today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz he and I asked him why. He said, "What if I get sick?" And I'm like, "Well, uh, I'll go I'll go to the store for you and buy you food." If you get sick, I will. Piles food in the morning for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So tell me if he got my letter. I wrote him that nice letter, and I didn't get any response. Hey, George wants to know if you got your recommend. He got the you got the recommendation letter. Yeah. So Gabe Gabe is applying for a scholarship out here in town, which is super awesome. And uh, so a lot of us, his friends here, we uh, helped him out with some recommendation letters. Although I made him, in all honesty, I made him write his recommendation letter. For me, uh, I I took it and severely edited it afterwards, um, because you know I wanted to know what he wanted them to know, and then and then I worked on it and I made it better because I w- used to be an editor to motorcycle magazine and there was this motorcycle magazine and I like to think I kind of came in and made it better. Oh, here we go again, right, Logan? <laughs> you, back then, don't worry, you couldn't even read, but I got every issue that I ever did over at the other house. If you ever want to, you know. Read some of my. Uh, you can you can marvel in some of my perfection. Okay. <laughs> George, is it time to chime in? Yeah, you know, hey, so I got something we can try here. I got I've been texting since we started, and you said to call in. Uh huh. Texted my buddy Jim Anderson that was looking at buying a new uh, two stroke. Right. And last week he made a decision, and if you want, I can get him on the phone here, and we can. Uh, Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. You're gonna handle a, about that decision. Uh, if you can make that happen, that would be really good. I think I can make it happen in just a second. So you just go on, and he's gonna, he's gonna pop on here in a minute. I think I'm gonna do a. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna uh, bring him into the call because I noticed when you started talking about that, your call started getting a little sketchy. Um, so, hey, I think we found the origin of the, the I Love KTM tears. Um, that is our buddies over at Torture Test Magazine. That's uh, Gabe, the other Gabe. So uh, uh, that's the origin of this shirt that's that's right here. It's not as good as the shirt that Logan's sitting on top of. We should swap it out because I like the other one better. Is it's better? Flip that thing. Put the one behind you. Yeah, don't get too close to me when you do that. But you know, be careful. <laughs> Even though we're having Mexican food tonight. By the way, we're having Ramiro's Mexican food. We had it. Um, we did the takeout thing. Uh, Janie, who used to work there as the bartender. <laughs> Yeah, who will soon be working there again. Uh, she uh, did the takeout, so we're doing some of that supporting the local community by continuing to uh, have our food uh, brought in. And that's uh, that's about all that's going on. That's our that's our local news here from uh, 
from Prompt. You got anything else on on us, Logan? Because I know George is busy trying to you know bring in his uh, buddy Jim, and hopefully his phone doesn't his phone doesn't hey, drop. Jimmy, I'm back here. Hey, uh, Victor Andrade texted me too. He said he's watching the show. He says hello, but he's still on Facebook probation, so he can't post. He can't <laughs> oh. post your comment. Remember, he got kicked out. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he put up. Uh, yeah, Victor. Hey, good to. Yeah, we know you're out there. Uh, we know you're supporting. If because your George, your phone got really choppy. Uh, oh, now we and tell Jim that he needs to uh, quiet his zone down too. Okay, Jim's on here, so I can. Him. Oh, I could tell. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Speak up. It's going good. How you doing? So we want to know what bike you bought. Uh, I bought the Husky TX 300i. Right. And what was the reasoning behind that? Um, I really wanted to make a radical change and go away from the PDS and try the air fork out. I rode, I rode a bike uh, a couple of years back. A KTM had the air fork on it, and I loved how light the front end was on it and how nimble the bike was. Okay, can I, can I interrupt for one second? Yes. You are really strange because every other media guy besides me hates the air fork. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, so keep going. I love the air fork, too. <laughs> I, um, and I had done some research on it, and everybody was saying that they had made some vast improvements on the air fork for 2020. And I have to agree, after writing this, um, well, I, I really pulled the big trigger because I bought this bike and I bought a 2019 um, at the same time. So, nine, so, so you haven't, I bought it. I bought a 19 KTM 250 XC, um, XCF for my son. Okay. I, 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 I just got a smoking deal on a used bike that I couldn't pass up right at the same time that I was buying this. Right. And you, and so you're not, you're noticing a difference between your Husky and your KTM. Oh yes. But, but the, it's in the air fork. But the the KTM is a two fifty four stroke, correct? Correct. Okay. But the the air fork on that one is quite a bit harsher in the mid stroke than it is on my Husky. Oh, that that makes sense actually, because I know I know kind of some of the stuff that they're working on, and and oh, I hate to break this to you. Hey George, let me I'm gonna, I'm going to give Jim some news. They made a huge step from twenty to twenty one. <laughs> 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 well, I found out that it'll only cost me a thousand dollars to get those upgrades done on my air fork. Uh, don't worry, don't worry about it. I mean, well, but so you're coming off like a what, a 2008 or something like that? Uh, 2010 XCW. Okay, and so so I I totally agree with you on the on the light end feel of the air fork, and I I really like the performance uh, of the air fork in general. So so I think the weight. The weight is probably the the biggest thing, and but the the tricky thing is is like some people there's so many different things they they like to blame on the air fork, and it's just like a little bit different. They tend to act like a little bit more progressive. So I think for the most part they work really good for off road. Everybody's just scared about them like going flat, like your tire or something like that. So um, which I've I haven't seen yet on KTM's to any you know with any you know consistency whatsoever so uh yeah and good from what I, and from what i understand on these 
the what I've been told is that they've isolated the air chamber in these. So if you blow seals, you're not going to lose your air chamber. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100% like I haven't looked at the schematics to see where everything's at, but it's it's really not that much of an issue. It really wasn't even that big of an issue. Maybe on the very first generation of the reintroduction of air forks, um, there were some issues because the the external slider was the you know the chamber, and as they got better, they started moving that stuff in. Some of them had multiple chambers. They were really complex, and they, in fact, they were they were they were almost to the level of works forks, which was too much for most people to um, work on. And 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 you know everybody says oh, I want a works bike. No, you don't. <laughs> you know how much you know how much maintenance a works bike is. I mean, how much tuning there is that goes into making you know a factory bike a factory bike. It's not. It's not that the parts are just better. The parts they they're they're able to be tuned better. And I've ridden some of the worst bikes I've ever ridden have been factory bikes. Some of the best bikes I've ever ridden have been factory bikes. And it was just I hopped on a factory bike that was set up in a direction that I liked, and. I actually had a factory bike developed for me. It was, of course, a BMW rally bike. And it was the best bike I ever rode because it was, I had a team of mechanics and a team of technicians and engineers and stuff that built that bike around. They didn't care whether it worked for anybody else. It had to work for me. And so, you know, but it took a lot of tuning. And there was nobody, there's nobody in the world that says, you know, I want my foot pegs down three millimeters and back two. And, and it, they're like, why? Because I just feel like it needs to be back a little bit more and down a little bit. And But, uh, okay, so back to your back to your bike. Big jump from the 2010, yeah? Oh, huge jump. Um, God, the power delivery is crazy on this thing. Um, I Did wrote, you do I anything it. to it? Did you have to put any maps in it or just updates or anything? Um, they updated everything to the current mappings before it came, before I picked it up. Like then, like I any did, good dealer should. Yeah, exactly. And I got it. And I'm sorry if I'm going to throw a plug in. NorCal KTM really took it damn good care of me. And um, no, it's no. That's, that's that's no problem. I mean, if if somebody's taking care of you and you want to recommend them, I I'm all down with that because that's something that yeah, Eric, Eric Eric DeCray at NorCal is unbelievable when it comes awesome. to stuff like this. I mean, he does not deliver an inferior product. It's absolutely perfect when it comes out, and and it was when I got it. It was absolutely wonderful. He didn't touch it; left it bone stock for me. So it was ready. It was it was ready to race, except it was a white KTM. It was ready to win. <laughs> ready to win. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about you? How about you? Let's talk about this riding school that I'm going to run in the future. <laughs> no, hey, so Jim, Jim, actually, what was tell him about your last race and tell him. Uh, where you're sitting as far as changing numbers oh i'm getting close to going to uh black plates black plates um going to the a class uh-huh i i i won my last race on my uh on my 2010 and that kind of prompted this and it was it was a race put on by garahan so it was extremely technical but so you uh, just won another one no, I no. That's the one that I won. I I haven't been able to I haven't been able to race again thanks to yeah. uh, th- thanks to our favorite beer Corona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so um so you so you have not raced the new bike yet. No, I have not. Yeah. So you're doing you're doing your sit ups and your push ups. Yes. 
Yep. Good. And, and just going out and doing some training do, rides and do, get, getting ready. Right. Good. Um, what well, about the back end, because you were talking about. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah. I remember your complaint down. was that that you felt like going downhills, and I'll bring oh. something up when we talk about this. You said you felt like the PDS bike kicked you a little bit going downhills. Yes. And the husky yeah. does not. It absolutely does not. I mean, the first uh, the first ride I took on it, um, I felt like my downhill speed had uh, had. I wouldn't say easily doubled, but it was much faster. And the bike seemed to track absolutely straight downhill. I was able to let the thing float on, on the downhills a lot more, not have to trail brake as much to keep it under control. Um, it just, it felt really great and stable on the downhills. Right. But you'd also, you'd also told me, Jim, I think prior, prior to buying this new bike, in between experience and the worst of your downhill stuff, you checked your sag and your sag was way out or something, right? Yeah, my sag was way out. Like, uh, like way out how? Like, was it too low or too high? It was too low. Too low. And um, I did correct that. It did help somewhat on my downhill stuff, but um, I was still having issues. Yeah. Okay. So, so the funny thing is, is if, if air forks have ever drawn a lot of complaints, it was on downhills because, um, you know, the, the whole dynamic of the bike, all of a sudden you're putting a lot of load on the front end. And, and maybe if you, and this is interesting you talk about, you know, having your son's, uh, four stroke, and I'm going to talk about like pretty technically why you might feel some different things. So, on downhills, you know, you load the front end a lot more and then it pushes the bike and and the the thing they were trying to do with the with the air fork was trying to make that progressive nature not ramp up so quick. So a lot of times when the when the bikes would transfer the weight on the front end, it would just go down to the place where it really, you know, the the air the air pressure really ramped up in the forks and the forks would feel harsh on downhills. So that's something that they've been they've been working on trying to get a better you know consistent a more, like let's say let's say a a more progressive ramp up as opposed to kind of a, a a quick ramp up and then and then if on the four stroke also going down on a two stroke you don't have a lot of compression braking on a four stroke you have compression braking which kind of adds adds to that and what they found was that like riders that were really good riders um, when they didn't like that feel of the, of the, you know, going down a hill on deceleration, they would actually crack the throttle to, so that the compression braking wouldn't add to the, 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 the yeah, yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't compa- compound the fork kind of going a little bit lower in the stroke than maybe a similar spring fork would. So, so this was, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's, there's so many things involved when somebody says, I hate air forks. And it's like, why? You know, I always, I always, the question is when you hate something, I always ask why, and I want you to explain it to me. And I'd say 85% of the time is because you read someplace, you know, whether it was in motocross action or, or on, on dirt net, bald guy, super awesome i got a part for that.com um that guy tells you that you know the 90 degree in the fuel line uh causes the shock spring to rebound too quickly and makes your exhaust manifold get too hot you know 
whatever, you know, read about it on the internet. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty complex when you start getting down to it. And I always go, what's the, what's the real problem? And then like, what, what can we do to fix that? You know, like, like in little steps. So, so you know, I'm kind of surprised that you're seeing a big difference between the 19 and the 20 in the, in the air Force Cause I don't know that there's a huge change in those. I, I'm, I can't be specifically sure. I'm pretty sure, you know, they do upgrades every year and they may have made it better, but I, I, I definitely know that, that, on the 21 and a half factory editions, we or the 20 and a half factory editions we just rode, uh, they did something to that fork that made it uh, work better. And it's kind of funny because they said, Oh, we're trying to match it to the rear shock with the, with the new bearing and the bearing seal that we put in there. And it's like, mm, no, I think you just got, you just found a much better setting in the fork with some new, some new stuff. And maybe that, you know, it all balances out. So what other observations, Jim, from uh, your new bike? So you've, been, um, you've ridden it quite a bit now, haven't you? I, I've only been on it twice. Um, rode it the first day I got it, and then I uh, rode tra mainly trails on that out off of my property and neighbor's property. Just a lot of technical stuff, which it responded really great in there. Um, rode it bone stock, came back in, double-checked the sag on it, made a, made a quick adjustment to the sag. And then the next day I went out and rode motocross. Um, did pretty, did, did good there. I can't complain. I'm not a big motocross guy. I'm mainly an off-roader. So, you know, I can't. So, uh, so motor, motocross, around. so you're coming from an XCW? Is that what you said before? Yes. Okay. Yes. Man, that TX should be so much better at motocross. Oh, it is. It's yeah, considerably just, better. I mean, and, and that's, that's where they. The ruts. Yeah, that's where they built that bike. I mean, that's where that that XCF and and TX are so much better. Like, if you're going to be racing like Grand Prix that go on to motocross tracks and and stuff, that's where that it's like the Yamaha FX. You know, it's 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 the Honda Honda you know RX. Those are those bikes are set up where, especially for like a low intermediate to novice level motocrosser, they may actually be a better motocross bike because they they. They, they're not so harsh and so rigid and you don't, uh, the, the rider doesn't get beat up so much and the power deliveries are tuned back just a little bit so they get better traction and just, you know, I've, I've always, I've always said that, that, you know, if, if I was racing around a vet track, I would rather have that bike, you know, those types of bikes as, you know, once you get onto the, the, the main tracks or anything with super cross style jumps, forget it because they blow through the stroke. But other than that, like Which tracking around turns. The, the one he just got or the older one? The, the, the one he just got is such a good, you know, vet motocross bike in reality. Well, I was, um, I was, I was riding on the Hangtown track and it kind of ate me up. <laughs> the, the, the main track. Yeah. Yeah. I'm riding on, I was riding on the main Hangtown track here in Sacramento. Yeah. And it, it, it's an aggressive track. Yeah. They leave the, the well. they leave the jumps pretty sharp there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, it, and it did okay. I got no complaints over how it how it performed. Yeah, yeah, and that that's where that's you know that's the thing is it's really on the on the kind of like the jump faces is where you will you will find that a that a bike not specifically set up for motocross, whether it's whoop de doos or jump faces, that's where you have to set up a motocross bike different. You're going to suffer with the with the traction and the compliance and the in the ruts and the the chop. You're going to suffer there. To, to make up so you can hit jumps harder, so you can 
have some safety built in so you can smack into things essentially. Uh, so yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're happy with your choice. I hope we had a little small, uh, effect on that. I know, I know George nope. did. <laughs> no, I wanted him to get the KTM. He did. You know, right in the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. He gave, he gave me a bunch of crap about buying a chainsaw. Hey, I, you know, I'm still, I'm literally still torn between like the Husky and the KTM. We just did the factory editions and I think we have podcasts on both of those. Um, and I, it, it's like, there's something, it, it's funny. Cause I'm sitting there going, which one would I, which like right now I have to go race tomorrow. Which one would I buy? And there was some aspects of the Husky that I liked a little bit more than some of the stuff in the KTM. And there's some things I liked in the KTM, but it kind of came down to, I actually felt more comfortable in the KTM. And the only thing I can equate it to is I'm so used to riding things with orange fenders in front of them. I'm, I'm not kidding that, that, that it, it just felt a little bit more familiar. And, and, and I've, you know, we did at once a dirt rider, we actually did a test where we changed the color of the fender on, on a bike and ask test riders if it made a difference. And most of them said, yes, strange, but true. It wasn't a story we published because we just couldn't figure out exactly how to explain it. Cause you know, it wasn't, it wasn't done very scientifically. It was done because people were bitching about a certain thing and we could change the fender and they would quit bitching about that thing. <laughs> hey, I know where you, Jim, Jim, I know where you get some, there's some good uh, George emoji graphics and dirt bike test graphics all ready to go down the side of that bike too. Uh, the KTM. <laughs> yeah. The KT. Yeah. We have, we have, we have, uh, we have some yeah, for the, the Husky, KTM for right? 20. No, no. The Husky has its own, oh, no. own shrouds. It's completely different. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I'll yeah. Send you just a little sticker. Yeah. You get, yeah. yeah get, get a little, or his son on that 19, I think the 19 XCF is the same as um, the 20, uh, EXC. So his, your graphics will fit on that bike. And we, I, we do currently have two sets of those in stock, uh, ready to be, uh, delivered. They sell for a premium. They're signed by George and Jimmy. Lewis. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Hey Jim, thanks for, uh, checking back in with us. It's hey, always like to yeah, find a, hey, and, uh, and if you want to, if you want to quadruple your speeds on the downhills, I have, um, uh, Oh shoot. I don't have any downhill riding techniques. We don't discriminate between uphills and downhills at my school, but I promise you, um, I know a couple things that would help. Ten percent, right? Ten percent. Just use this lip balm. Yeah, this. <laughs> just wanted low Yeah, well, he just said use the lip balm. That's it. You use it. You you use it. You use it on your pucker spot. You put you put it on the pucker spot, and then and then you're a lot smoother. Yeah, that, that's what that is. That's monkey bumps, monkey butts. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. Okay, one, hey, one, one last thing on this, right? That I wanted to throw out there at you is I rode it bone stock and then I backed out that power valve and a turn and a quarter. Ooh, a turn and a quarter. Yep. So and you you it. you unscrewed it. I, yes, I backed and, it out a turn and a quarter and, and it brought it on. It made it, it brought the power on quicker. It made it aggressive. Yeah. Like yeah, snappy. And like, well, and that's kind of the way I like it. I don't like the lag in it. I want yeah. it to come right off the bottom. Yes. Oh, wow. A turn and a quarter. I would, I'm, I'm just saying from my experience, unless, you know, because they're all set at the factory and they're all set kind of supposedly the same. But I would try going back in because I found once you went more than three quarters and especially past a turn, it, 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 it affected something else very negatively. 
Like like you you might you might you might get that power valve to open up I'll a little bit. What it is. Let him go find out. Yeah, no, play with it, play with it. I would try backing it back in a little bit. You might, you know, try to go okay. a quarter turn in and a quarter turn in. And and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you end up more near three quarters. Because I know what you're I know what you're feeling. I know what you're looking for. And and as you play with it and and it could be a little bit with uh, don't be afraid of trying to do one of the fuel tuners because in conjunction with the fuel tuner, you can really make that, that you can get that kind of SX, that really snappy, aggressive power delivery with, that a lot of guys are looking for. I just don't like, I don't like the lag in it is what I didn't like was it, it had, it had a lag right off the bottom uh-huh. and it seemed like back in that power valve uh, out a little bit. I got, I got rid of that lag. It came on a lot quicker. Yes, I know. I know for for sure it does. It 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 definitely you know picks up. It picks up when it picks up, and then and then a lot of it depends on you know. Here's where like it depends on your weight. You know, heavier guys can get away with a more aggressive setting there because it doesn't. It it has to it it has to tug more weight when it comes on and certain things like that. So yeah, you're you're going down the right path. Good good uh, good choice. So thanks thanks again for uh, checking back in with us, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk in the in the future. Sounds good. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Good, okay, Logan, let's go to our first question there. Um, this is by Arkansas Mitch. Arkansas Mitch, and he re- is replying to our video on the. Uh, no, no, no. He actually emailed me. That's right. Go ahead. So, did the 2020 450FX not get the internal engine and chassis changes? He's the- and he's talking about the Yamaha. The Yamaha, you don't know that, but yeah. the Yamaha YZ450 FX. Changes that the 450F did. Um, how does that work? They decided to continue to make and have separate assembly lines with different internal and external specs for both bikes. It seems like it would be cheaper and easier to just have the same tooling cast build configuration and workers make the same bike but at the end of the assembly line put a 18 inch rear wheel on the with a different exhaust exc ecu graphics axle suspension etc what a disappointment the 450 fx is supposed to be just a technological great technologically Great as the MXers. Right. So Arkansas Mitch, um, the funny thing is I knew the answer to this question, but I wanted to make absolutely sure that I was getting it right. So I actually talked to um, the guys in Yamaha's uh, development department. So I talked to Travis Preston and, and I, I had to, I had a call. I, I was talking to him about something else, but I said, hey, I, I needed to make sure that the FX was indeed a year behind the YZ, which it is right now. So you could probably suspect, like most of the times, that next year the FX will be the same as the 2020 YZ because the YZ got an all-new frame. Um, it's literally it looks like the same bike. It's it's kind of like an all-new bike. Right, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's got one. He rides it. We talked about you a lot. We because they were real they were really curious. There was something they were asking questions about back and forth about certain certain things. Um, and uh, I won't talk about that because that was kind of like an off the record discussion. But um, 
and so I, I I wanted to make sure that we were that, that I was sure to say that the FX is not the the 19FX is not the same as the 20YZ. It it's not yet. And the reason is, and he told me that this is because they spend all their time testing the YZ. The YZ is where everything starts and they want to test it and they want to make sure it's really good for being a motocross bike. And you can't just bolt on a rear 18 inch rear wheel. And by the way, the exhaust is the same, but you can't just bolt on a rear wheel, you know, you know, throw on some different, uh, what does he say? Suspension. ECU. Yeah, you can't just throw on a different ECU. An ECU takes a long time to test and develop. A suspension setting for FX, I mean, they have a baseline. They know what they've done in the past to go from YZ to FX, you know, even to WR. They know what they've done in the past, but they can't just do that and say, okay, customer, here it is. They actually do it and take it out and test it. They they spend time, and I know this because I asked, and I I know that's that's why they do it. But he said, yeah, he said we have to get that bike when they do these changes and go out and test it to make sure it works. So they spend all their time developing the YZ. They just barely get it done in time. The YZ comes out, and then it's like, okay, now we you know now we can do the now we can do the FX. We have this platform because when you change a frame, you would pretty much hopefully want to make sure that the suspension comes along when you do it a, a big change inside the engine. You know, the changes they made inside the engine, you want to make sure that the new programming with the FX does that. And it's not and it, it's not just one bike that they're working on. They're working on, you know, th- they've got to work on the WR. They've got to work on, you know, all the other bikes. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of model lines in there. So it's not as simple as it seems. And um, that's why the FX works like an FX does. And if you're... Uh, Tyler's dad, you just take your YZ out and rip it across the desert because you like a 19-inch rear wheel, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, which they they were really curious about. I tried to explain. I, I tried to explain what you were telling me because you know how curious I was. Yeah, yeah. We spent a lot of time talking about like why do you do that? You know, because there's there's a lot of different a lot of different reasons. So, anyways, uh, Arkansas Mitch. Uh, hopefully that answers your question, and I guess you're going to hopefully be buying a 2021 YZ 450FX if that's what you're looking for because I I have not ridden the 2020 YZ yet uh, and I want to. I know, I think Scott Hoffman has one. I know we have a test up on the website but I've been sequestered here in Nevada long enough to where I can't go to the track and do that. So uh, yeah. Is that a good answer, Logan? Did I answer that question thoroughly without leaving any holes in the question? Did I do good? Yeah. George? Yep. Yep. You're, you're good, no, George. I listen. You didn't. Actually, I muted myself to go make another drink so you wouldn't hear the ice going in the metal glass. Right. I was going to, I was just going to compliment, uh, compliment you on the, uh, on the quiet, quietness of the, uh, of the, the, 40 minutes, 40 minutes in, so I'm getting heat on it. Time to start popping off, maybe. You know, this is about when it kicks in. Okay, just make sure. Can you can you put your tinfoil hat on so that you get a better cell phone reception? Because he's clipping, right, Logan? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else you want me to call for you or anything? Bring on the show? Uh, I don't know. You have any ideas? Uh, no. Yeah. Why don't you just? Why don't you just? Why don't you just get yourself tuned up so you can give me a couple like hard times? I mean, I'm running your sticker here, so I know you're being nice. That's the wrong side. So the sticker's over here. Did you see how Mason posted my sticker down on the snore rally all over the place? I didn't. I didn't see that. Was that the reason for his mechanical DNF? 
yeah, d- d- did they spend more? The first rule was to have a butt show up with a bike to finish, right? Uh, the, I don't know if that was the first or the third rule, but they're they're kind of intertwined. Um, hey, Jenny, you should try some of this. This is really good. This this tequila is my Valentine's present for my wife. Yeah, it's good. There's a, there's a glass in there, for courtesy of George. Oh, um, yay. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would say that the time that they um, spent applying that sticker, they probably should have been checking the ground wire or whatever mechanical failure they had on that bike. But yeah, don't use it to wrap that up. Yeah, <laughs> leave, it, leave it to me to just point out the obvious. Yeah. Uh, Okay, um, Logan, next question on the list. Oh, Preston. Right. Hello. I just got the CRF450RX, and it stalls out at low RPMs. You mentioned the recluse and the airbox. I was wondering if you had any ideas as what would help. Uh, I mentioned the recluse. I did. So uh, he's talking about the... uh, we had a 2019 CRF 450 RX yep. or X. RX. He says RX. Okay. Um, it's funny because I remember emailing him back and I thought he said X, but uh, then again, I can't remember exactly that much. So the bike, the the Honda clutches, and and uh, if you're a uh, a fan of motocross action, you know that those are the worst clutches ever known to man because that's all they do is uh, complain about them. But that's uh, not necessarily the case. Uh, the Honda clutches lately have—they're—I think they've—they've they've lost a little bit of feel. They—it just seems like the the actual engagement point is a little bit mushy, and and you can see it that they they realize this on the racing side. They've been playing around going between hydraulic on some bikes and on their race bikes, and going back and forth. Uh, they are changing. They're constantly changing little things, going from four spring to six spring. So they understand it's an issue. And I just find that the the engagement on the Honda clutches is a little bit vague. And when you talk to the the, the engineers and the and the you know the motor designers and stuff, and they they're talking about having a smooth clutch engagement. And I know from talking to different manufacturers that that they play around with the spring rates and the clutch materials and the amount of plates and the amount of flex they build into it. So there's a lot that goes into it. But I think with the with the the Honda, it's a I don't think they found the perfect formula right. And where you notice this is when you're in tight technical riding. And here's the problem is that the as the motors they've been trying to make these motors feel and act lighter, so lighter rotational mass, less we'll call it flywheel weight for lack of a better term. There's less rotational stuff spinning around, so there's less reason for that motor to keep spinning and all of a sudden you get you as the rider get a little sloppy with that feel because maybe you don't have the feel and you engage it a little bit too much and it puts a little too much of a motor and there's not enough inertia and and it stalls so we've all seen that happen um i'm not going to blame their uh mapping or any of the 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 fuel injection um settings so it has a little bit to do with the, the 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 inertia that the motor produces, but I think it's mostly due with the 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 feel. You just at your fingertips, you don't have a ton of feel, and if you get a little sloppy, it's easy to make the bike stall. I know that when and specifically on the X, we put the recluse a recluse auto clutch in it, and it made it completely go away because that auto clutch 
doesn't have a brain. It just does exactly what it's supposed to do. So at a certain RPM, it pretty much disengages, like when the motor starts going too slow. And so the stalling was reduced by, I would say, 85% on the on the X. And I know on the RX, I'm, I'm going to kind of, you know, peel in my brain. I don't know if we... We may have put a full, uh, I think we did, because I had a lot of the parts left over and they kind of swapped. They, they were, I was able to switch some parts out. So I think when we put the recluse in, we had the same, the same scenario. Uh, so I think the recluse is kind of like one of the answers, you know, going to the full auto clutch. And if you go to their, their clutch that has more plates and so it's the, I, I can never remember the exact names of these things. What's the recluse torque, Tor- torque drive? Core Good. EX. Core. No, no, no. So torque drive is the one with the with more plates in it. So you go to a torque drive that would help. That would take half of it away. So it, it's a fifty percent better improvement. You just it seems like you have more feel. But I also feel since it's like it's a clutch, you know. And believe it or not, the recluse clutch lever, which changed the ratio of the pull, uh, also helped. So there's like lots of little things. I remember calling Works Connection to ask them if they were you know, on their on their Works Connection perch if it changed the the lever ratio, and they never got back to me on that. Uh, but that's the the level that I want to go to to fix this problem. I don't want to just sit there and go, okay, the clutch is shit. Uh, uh, let's let, let's talk to it and call it something bad. No, let's like figure out how to fix it. Let's go go in and do some different things. There's and I, I haven't tested a ton of it. I I suspect if you go back to our tests on the bike, uh I think we had one here for a long term. Uh Gabe would if he wasn't on his phone right now, he would be searching dirtbiketest.com and telling me that we have a a, a long term update on that thing. <laughs> uh CR four fifty RX. He was almost asleep. He's over there almost asleep. It's not not past your bedtime. It's just time to wake up and start cranking. <laughs> so hey, I don't uh, Jimmy. Yes. Taco Mike had a question he put up there a little bit ago. Okay, so uh, do we do we answer we, the clutch clock? I gotta I went on to, for too um, long. What about the airbox? Oh the airbox. Yes. See, the the airbox on the RX is open it's wide open and just like the motocross bike so that's why that's what that's oh so that's what caused me to think it was the x is because he talked about the airbox um on the x we actually took the airbox cover off and the bike got a little bit lean and it actually made it a little more prone to stalling uh if you're talking about an x all the stuff i said in the clutch applies but you definitely can help that out and make it not so lean and give it a little fuel fuel tuning with the tuner and uh uh makes it a little bit better on the on so that one on the X that one has a has a has a little bit of emissions stuff so on the 19 RX short term test on the 19 RX what about the 18 uh, on 17 17 on the long term guess what everything applies so if you if you want to know what we did uh look at the 17 450 RX uh test okay let's go to Taco Mike's question what was that he, he was just saying, sounded like generally, uh, what, what's your wheel bearing go to? Um, he's looking at changing wheel bearings on his 500. Wheel bearings on uh, on a KTM or any bike. Uh, <laughs> and that's why I said just said KTM and any bike. 
Because I know you had, I was looking I, for it. You did a review on something. I searched for it on the I, on dirt bike. All, I, I'm pretty sure it was the, the pivot works stuff. Um, so they make a couple different kits like they, so for a while, um, KTMs, you could, you could easily over torque the axle and pinch the bearings and cause bearing failures. Um, and then, and then, so, cause it, cause the spacer in the center of the hub, and you think about this, the spacer in the center of the hub was made out of aluminum and you could crank on it and compress that and then just put that entire wheel in a bind and and things would flex and because wheels flex and torque quite a bit and it would kill the bearings. So a Pivotworks had a kit with some bigger bearings in it and in a different sleeve, a thicker, stronger sleeve that would kind of help that. But that was in the past. I haven't had and we're out here in the desert. And so our biggest concern is like, you know, like really dust, which the dust seals and stuff the sealed bearings are pretty impervious to that stuff. If you're not an idiot with the pressure washer, you're never, you're, it's going to take a long time for a bearing, but we do have our water here. And when we do get mud has a lot of corrosive stuff in here, like our chains will rust like the minute they dry up. Yes. And if that water gets into a bearing, so if your bearings are, have a lot of time on them, uh, you know, and the seals start going bad and that water can kind of creep in there and it doesn't matter the bearings. Some are better than others. And I can't say with any certainty, cause I've, I've, I've spent the high dollar and bought the stock KTM bearings before I've, I've gone with some of the, some of the, the medium priced ones. I'll say the all balls and the pivot works, which are, you know, kind of the, the, the kind of the go-to easy to use aftermarket kits. They come with all the stuff. I've had good success with both of those. And then I've bought the cheap ass off of Amazon or eBay kits that, that, that someone, you know, they're like, who knows? They, they, they managed to find the cheap bearing and they rebrand it. And I haven't seen a big, huge difference in, in overall life. Um, but for sure, if you spend the money on the expensive one and the middle, middle line ones, I'm going to say you're going to get the, the same. If you buy the cheap ones, I've had failures there and, and so, Hey, let, let me interrupt. Go ahead. Before you ramble on too much, Jimmy, cause it is the 40, the 1957, And I got to interrupt you more. No, <laughs> Mike, uh, Mitch OBG replied to Mike's question about what bearings. And he went back to the old, you know, get the number off of it, go to just a bearing supply where it's probably going to be real cheap. I'm sure we got a lot of guys that are, you know, Ooh, I mean, I, I tell you what, so I've never done that. Yes. And I've always paid more. I mean, almost, almost always, almost always. If you buy the good bearing, because you go to the bearing supply place and you can get like three different bearings that are the same thing. They have like different levels. And almost Hmm. always, if I bought the same bearing, the same one that comes from a KTM or the same one that's in a, that's in an all balls or a, or a pivot works kit. Cause they all have numbers on them that describe what they are. There's some sort of a numbering system. So it's pretty easy. I I've typically always paid more. Maybe that's cause at the time I was buying them in California and I just got the California got, you know, California rip off. But, uh, I, the never had a uh, super good luck with, um, with that meth- method. And, and then again, you know, then you, most of the problem, a lot of times the problem is the, Okay, the bearing may be bad, but how's that seal that's holding the the spacer? Because that's letting water in, and then and then so your bearing may have a good seal on it, but it's not going to be that long. Those things just, you know, 
Yeah. So, so, you know, support the companies that are, that are making the parts for you that, 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 that do stuff, you know, buy a motorcycle specific one. Uh, I, like I said, I, I don't think I've ever saved the money that was worth, you know, I could go on to many number of websites and, and just push a button and get everything I needed all at once, as opposed to going to the bearing house and all, you know, the time that was spent and all this other stuff. And then the, and then, like I said, the only time I significantly had worse luck was, you know, buying something that was like quite a bit cheaper on, I think it was like on eBay. And I just did it as a, just to test it. And those bearings lasted three years when I think I get about five years out of a, out of a bearing out here. So just, and I'm just roughing the numbers right now. So. And you do all the stuff to bearings. That, well, I shouldn't say it that way. You pressure wash your bikes. Yes. Well, I know I have, I know I have kids I pressure wash just, my bikes. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people are just, Oh my God. Oh geez. No, don't I'm do looking that. at, I'm, lo- I'm, 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 I'm staring down Logan right now. I know you're going to get a time to land this, but as we said, pressure wash, I'm staring him down. You, you, you shoot the water straight into the bearing, right? I don't shoot the water anymore. Oh, who's who's in charge of that? Gabe is. Do you shoot the water at the bearing? Not directly, but I do from a distance. Okay, good. So, see, I taught, I t- Gabe, they learned Gabe something. Crit- Gabe criticized how I washed bike once. Yeah. And because uh, you because you got too close to help out. Did you get too close no. to the bearing? No, I didn't get close enough to wash the uh, scum off the fender, and I don't think I've washed a bike since. So. That's another teachable moment for you, Gabe. <laughs> he can't but hear you, unfortunately. Hey, That's hey, the... There's a guy here, Jimmy, Todd Kelly. Uh, I th- he called, he he posted up a couple of weeks ago about having a 19300XCW and it's doing the run on, you know, and, and I think you said turn a the 19, down so fuel injected, 19XCW, and it's running on. Uh, yeah, so what's he, let me just, hey, Jimmy, I'm the one with a 19 KTM 300 XCW with the hanging idle. He right. just lowering the idle so that the butterfly closes more on closed throttle. Well, I've been waiting on the back order idle screw so that I can finally properly, oh, it expands, adjust the idle. I was having to increase the fuel on the JD tuner on the idle circuit but that was taking some of the bottom end hit away. You've suggested keeping the idle up for the recluse so it grabs quicker, but that's kind of counterintuitive to needing to lower the idle so the idle didn't hang. Hmm, I'm having to see if there's a happy medium. Sounds like a good uh, recluse tuning thing, too, about heavier weights and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a, that's, a that's, that's such a, that's, that's a, that's a good one. That's super complex. Uh, so I, I don't know why you need to back, why don't, why you have a back ordered idle screw? I mean, the idle screw did, yeah, that's what caught I've, my attention. I've never broken an idle screw before. <laughs> so, Backing it out, especially. Back, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> Uh, man, that's a new part to break or, you know, have an issue with, but okay. So, I mean, the idle screw adjusts the idle and, and I'm, I'm really picky about it. Like I like my two strokes to just barely idle. Cause it gives it for me a better throttle response. And then the same, the same thing is the lower the RPM can go, then it disengages the recluse clutch more completely because, you, you know, I, I like them to drag a little bit, but I need to have enough idle in it so that when it drags, it doesn't stall right away. 
So, man, that's just, that's something that, I mean, I'd literally have to be standing next to the bike and ride it around a little bit to tune. I don't think I can tune that over this microphone. Uh, <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> maybe when you get that um, idle screw, we can talk in detail. Did I help? Well, no. no. No, not at all. I think there's a couple things there. So you you want the you want the clutch to engage like really soon off idle, and there's more ways to do that than just turning up the idle to get it engaged. Right. right? So so you can you can, up, you can put heavier weights, lighter springs, heavier weights, um, and then you can also play with the the slavey in it and nut and. Everything I just said is nothing that recluse likes to recommend. Um, they, you know, because if because if you set up, a, and I was talking to Mojave Bob about this today because he's been playing around with his KTM 350. He he bought a stock recluse clutch and put it in his bike and went and rode it and hated it, absolutely hated it because he had to rev it in his world, you know, because like for him, like you know. 1700 rpms is over revving for mojave bob so it, he, he you know we're, we're talking about like 1200 where the bike actually idles you know he goes up to 1700 and he shuts the throttle off because he feels like that's an over rev so he had to rev his bike to like 2000 to get the clutch to engage which is kind of you know i don't know the exact numbers but the recluse has them engaged a little bit higher if you set up your recluse clutch the way that i do um, which is which is a, a very low. It's a lower RPM engagement with heavier wedges. That means it engages kind of quicker, and it can make the bike feel like it bogs because the the it it, it engages the clutch kind of quickly and it puts a load on the motor before there's enough throttle position to have the bike pick up. It makes your bike feel sluggish. But the the other time is. You can keep your you can keep your recluse clutch engaged at a in, in like the way wrong gear, but it'll it'll at that point since that you're in a high gear it's slipping so much you can fry your recluse clutch so quickly with my and setup. That's the with, argument recluse wants you not to go that route. Right, they do not want right. you. They do not want you to fry your clutch. And and so I've in all the time I've been running recluse clutches and I probably have ten bikes here with them. They all have 200 to 500 hours on them. They get used as rentals. They get used by friends. They get, I, I beat the crap out of them. I've never, ever, ever had to replace a clutch yet because of, you know, and, but I'm really, and when I talk to somebody like my rental customers that, that, that when they take the bike, I say, you're getting a bike over the recluse. You have to be in the right gear for the situation. You, you could put this bike in fourth gear and take off right here out of the driveway, and it'll do it magically, like twice. And then you're going to wonder why the oil is boiling inside the cases and the clutch is slipping like crazy. You know, because it's going to do all the work to imagine taking off out of your driveway in fourth gear and with your fingers on the clutch on your regular bike and how much you would have to slip it to get up to speed. You wouldn't do that. The recluse will do that because it doesn't have a brain, and it'll 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 do that. So yeah, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of setups for that, and you just have to be careful about it. And so it I makes. Think, I think Todd Kelly needs to call in uh, maybe next week or something and talk at length about this because it's you know in a couple of paragraphs what he's trying to explain what you're trying to explain uh, might be better uh, communicated over the phone. So okay, Todd. Todd, maybe calling next week. Yeah, next week. You, you, George. If George is maybe may out here, maybe the are you are you? Do they shackle you to the 
to the house in Sacramento? No, you know, I mean, like I said, I was I was gonna fly out there today. I think fly. They still fly well, planes. Yeah, I mean, when I booked all this stuff, right? Because you know, I've got what couple hundred grand of equipment out there at this point i think oh your hey your truck worked awesome as a steamroller i used your i used your truck as a steamroller the other day in this little thing i built up yeah i figured good wheel packer (laughs) so anyway yeah no so i was gonna fly out there i canceled that and then carrie's stuff got canceled so we're gonna drive out there but you know i was talking to jeremy about this because he was gonna run out to taos and and we were talking about you know what if they so shut down the gas stations? You have doing on this, but you yeah. kind of feel like the jerk, you know, when they're that's, telling you to that's, that's, stay home and sit this out. That's why I was telling Logan not to get a super spreader girlfriend. Yeah, yeah that that sounds a little weird, Jimmy. You got to quit using that term. <laughs> oh, it's it's a it's a term. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna start running through some. We have one other question, right, Logan? Okay, yeah. you, you start practicing. Don't read it yet out loud. I'm gonna go through the the ones I see in the room that I want to catch up on. So Eric Osborne says, uh, Jimmy just saw your tour of Idaho video. Awesome. Are you missing a toe? Uh, that's a personal question, but yes. Uh, does it does it turn you on? That's what I want to know because some people have like that nine toe foot fetish. Uh, Mark Daniels, one of our top fans, by the way, um, says the live feed keeps freezing up. And that's because you have that other window open with the stuff you're not supposed to be looking at. So um, that's okay. There's a feedback loop on my microphone. Are you hearing that? Anybody? It goes right at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Finn. Faney says, any good fair-priced bike electrician in San Diego 2004 TE450 my friend inherited was jacked up by previous owner? Um, I I do my best at reading exactly what I see, like a teleprompter. Like one of those. I, I'm just like your really super hot news girl, except you have to look at the caterpillar that's crawling across my mustache right now as I just read that. So, Finn... Um, any good fair-priced electrician, I'm thinking you text-to-speech, electrician in San Diego. I don't know what that has to do with your 2004 TE450. So it's a TE450 in 2004. Was that a real Husky or a KTM Husky? Just buy a wire harness and put the thing in. It's probably something somebody janked around with earlier. Uh, oh, it has something to do with, since it's a wiring harness, it has to do with the electrician? Guessing. I'm guessing. Man, uh, Mark Daniels wants to know what tequila I'm drinking tonight. And obviously, uh, Finn has uh, had some tequila, too, but judging by that question. But, hey, listen to this noise. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. George, this is your cup. That's like a bell, isn't it? No, oh, that's like the uh, the big white bottle. Yeah, but this is your this is your cup out of that cheap tequila you tried to you know sucker yeah. me in with. Uh, so, tonight, I am drinking... Um, Siembra Valles. That's uh, that's what the tequila for tonight is, uh, Mark. Um, uh, I got to Mike Spurgeon's questions. This is Taco Mike. Why won't my FI bike kickstart with a completely dead or missing battery? What is this, the starting capacitor I've seen on eBay? Should I carry one of those into my tool pack? So this, this is a circuit. It's this, electrics. Right, this is a good this is a good question. Um, so there is this starting capacitor that you can either build. You can watch, 
you can go to ADV Rider or KTM Talk, and there's definitely posts that show you how to make one, um, just going to the thing. And when your battery goes dead, there's not enough power in your KTM EXC or Husky or uh, that brand uh, to get the fuel pump working. So it won't start. It just, there's not enough power in there. So if you put the capacitor in there, since the dead battery is eliminated, it actually has enough to get it and you can kickstart the bike at that point. So I carry one of those in my backpack that I wear all the time, just in case something happens to my battery. Uh, if you carry a, you can, so instead of having that, you can carry one of those lithium ion kind of jump starters, little packs. And when you plug, you know, you can hook those up and those will generally override the lack of power of the battery. And then you can hopefully start it, but you can usually kickstart it uh, at that point. And now since the bikes don't have kickstarters, uh, it's even more important to carry the little lithium ion battery pack, which I almost always carry as opposed to the capacitor that I carried when I had a bike that had a Kickstarter. So um, it's just like you carry, well, smart people carry jumper cables in their cars. Who has jumper cables in their cars right now? And look at. Not me. I got those lithium starters. Yeah. Look, everybody, I, I surround myself with smart people that don't have coronavirus uh, and they all have jumper cables in their cars. So um, it's the same thing. It's like, it's like a small jumper cable. Uh, that's what the uh, thing is, but you need to be able to kick your bike. And if you can't kick your bike, then you should carry a jump starter pack, and it's pretty good. Hey, Sean Berriman's out there. Sean Berriman is another Dakar champion, by the way. Uh, he was Casey Curry's uh, navigator. And if you know anything about navigating in Dakar, um, if you don't have a good navigator, you're going the wrong way and you lose. So, Sean um, speaks English, right? Sean speaks English. He's where is he from? South Africa, right? He's from here. Spent Who's time in South Africa. Africa, right? Yeah. Uh, wasn't that Casey had a navigator that didn't speak English, didn't he? Well, he tried one. It didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. The non non speak non English speaking navigator doesn't work out. Uh, you can you can buy the best navigator in the world. You just have to be able to communicate with him. Uh, Greg. Addos says, how often do the valves really need to be adjusted? Well, it depends on, on the person really. Uh, and I'm saying that because like my heart valve is still working pretty good. And I know other people at my age that have died from a heart attack. So your, um, your valves, like how do you adjust the valve? Wait, oh wait, we're not talking about medical questions. (laughs) Oh, we're in a dirt bike. Oh, it's a dirt bike podcast, not a medical podcast. I'm sorry, Greg. Um, I I don't know what bike you're specifically talking about, but I'm going to tell you that it does depend on the rider. If you like to over-rev your bike, and specifically if you like to downshift your motorcycle, like when it goes into over-rev, I don't know why people do that. Like let's say you're flying through the air and you decide you want to do a double downshift before you land on the backside of the tabletop to get in the next turn. You need to adjust your valves and probably replace them quite a bit. But if you're a regular trail riding dude and you're riding any bike, any bike, any bike, you don't need to adjust your valves very much, if ever. And that's a bold statement. Now, you should check them every once in a while. And by golly, if your bike ever sucks dirt or if it gets hard to start, specifically hard to start, check your valves. And then if you find that they're tight or out of spec or loose, and generally loose valves 
are a little less, usually tight these days is more common. You can hear loose vowels. They make a lot of noise. Well, most people can hear, well, some people. Okay, half the people that I know can hear loose vowels. They'll say, that bike sounds noisy. But tight yeah, vowels, you, half of us just don't care. Yeah, you just buy a new KTM 790. <laughs> like, like when you're, when you're, 1090 or 1190 was barely broken in. Uh, hey, so you know, no, no, no. I gotta finish the. I gotta finish the okay. valve adjusting thing. So yeah, have a, a have another this. have another sip of tequila there. Like don't don't roll the ice around in the glass because I don't use ice in my glass. Um, so the valves need to be adjusted when they tell you they need to be adjusted. If you feel if you're good mechanic or you feel comfortable with it, like there's there's no hassle in pulling the valve cover off and sliding the fuel gauge in there and just to feel comfortable about it. Um, make notes about it so you know when you checked it and and th they will eventually start getting loose or tight or something will happen. You'll have to adjust them. But the manual is a really good reference if you really want to spend a lot of time in your garage, uh, you know, working on your motorcycle. Otherwise, quadruple it. I'll just say quadruple the service intervals on the valves. And don't cars have – you're supposed to check that on cars at certain intervals anymore? Not anymore. Yeah, I, I remember on some old Dodge truck. I, yeah, yeah, it did. So, it's getting to where this stuff is pretty good. So don't don't so stress let, on it. Let me ask you this: in my mind, in with valves, there's wear points like a camshaft to the you know to the rocker arm. Right. That's a wear point. There's a wear point at the top of the end of the valve stem to the rocker arm, and then there's the valve actually face wearing. In the seat, decrease, yeah, the face to the seat, which is going to tighten your valves. That's where that's on the, the tight on the tightened valves. That's where it happens, right, right, right. And it mostly, I mean, it's just, it's just it's just it's depends on the materials. You know, some some valves are more durable than the head. Some of the valve guide seats are more durable than the valve material. Um, it depends on the bike and the model, and generally, it takes a lot of time. And most of us. And I'm saying just specifically don't ride the bike enough to actually wear that stuff out. I have bikes that have been running for hundreds of thousands of miles, and I know which ones wear, like KTM RFS motors, wear out the intake valves. The valves wear out. The head is so hard, you don't need to have it resurfaced or reground. You just pop new valves in it, and bam, it's good. Um, Honda, Honda 250X intake valves used to be notorious for wearing out. And you could pop steel ones in there and everything was fine. So there's a lot of different. And, you just, and you're talking about just, just popping a valve in there, not refacing the guide or anything like that. Or right. Like, focus, focus. You're well, just popping a valve in there and sometimes. <laughs> And, and you can, or you could send it to a guy that knows how to, you know, there's, there's companies like LA sleeve that will go in there and do a complete valve job. And they, they know which valves to use, which company stuff to use to match it with. They'll punch a new seat in, or they'll cut a new, they'll, you know, grind new angles in there. And there's lots of companies like, uh, Al Baker's XRS only does it. A company called Tokyo Motos does it. There's a lot of guys pro circuit does it. There's a lot of companies that do different kinds of, you know, head rebuilding and it's an art. I mean, if you really want to have it done and um, you can read all about it on, you know, different internet forms and get 70% bad information and 25% good. And then good, good luck if you know, which is which, cause I have a hard time finding it out sometime. And so, um, yeah. Uh, I hear about boots, Jimmy. I don't know. If you're oh, the people that. are, people are uh, commenting on how nice my mustache is there, George. Yeah. The, who is that? Jeremy who? 
Uh, I don't Isn't remember. I, in the 70s, Jeremy, uh, who's that guy? Yeah, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. My Okay, there's the wheel bearing questions. Uh, I go past those. Um, Logan, read the next X7 question. Booth versus CD Crossfire. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait. Okay, what's the question again? Um, Dan. Oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to. Who wants to go first? Hey, let's play paper, rock, scissors Logan. while you can't see each other. Logan, go read your question. Um, Ben Fred says, can someone tell me how much longer service intervals are not worth even an extra 10 kilogram weight? They would sell loads more of these. Is it because it's basically an old KTM race bread motor and that keeps getting minor updates rather than a full remake for from the ground up for the tool spark market. So Bim Fred, what he's talking about, he's looking at a, I think he was uh, referring to our Husky video, our Husky FE501 video. And he is saying he feels that if they added an extra 10 kilograms to the bike, they could, they could build up the motor and make it way more durable. So it wouldn't have these, very short service intervals that we were just talking about that I told you that don't really make that much of a difference, um, except to the lawyers. <laughs> so, uh, man, you, what you don't understand, and we go back to that question about the Yamahas, is like in order to develop a whole new motor, they spend millions of dollars to develop a motor. And then you say, oh, just change it. It's like you don't just change it. You have to redevelop. If you throw a heavier crank in there to get more inertia, then the cases that you've now spent so much time taking ounces out of to make just strong enough to be very light and provide, you know, just enough strength to hold that. You can't just throw a heavier crank inside of that and expect that everything to last forever. Um, you know, a, a motor that's that's heavier doesn't rev as much. And then the cam timing would have to have to change the, the, the way you would feel it would have to change. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's an entirely different motor. The reason they don't sell the bike you're speaking of, well, they actually do. It's called a KLR 650 and Kawasaki even quit selling that thing, but okay. So the reason they're not selling a bike like that is that bike doesn't sell. I mean, old Husky, the Italian Husky had a really nice six, 10 or 630 what was their 620 630 they had they had a bike that was a big lumbering four stroke hey what'd you ride today uh christini what size how big did it feel let's go that way how big was that motor i don't know you don't know (laughs) so so it was it was a big lumbering four stroke yeah Yes. It went chug, 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 chug. Yes. So here's here's the thing is you can find the bike you're looking for. And I know you you want everything that that Husky has. You want that 501. You want that light. You want that lightweight. You want that agile feel. You want that aggressive handling. You want all this stuff. And wait, no, I want a motor that goes chug, 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 chug. Well, that motor, even if they built that motor, you put it in that frame, it doesn't work like that anymore. All of a sudden... Things start flexing differently. It doesn't handle as well. You need to add different springs to it to make it work. It's it's a it's a package, guys. It's not just one. It's not just one thing that that um, you know makes uh, everything work. So 
Yeah, it's it's tr- trickier than that. And if if it's sold, like if if they could sell five thousand of those, you know, a year for four to seven years or something like that, maybe somebody would make it. You know, Yamaha kind of does that with here's here's interesting. What Yamaha does is like so they have the WR two fifty R and the WR two fifty X, which are different than the the other WR, which is based off the YZ. They have they have a whole bike that's that's its own special, like kind of dual sport bike. And that's a bigger, heavier bike that's made to last a long time and stuff. And you hear people that get on that and they, they either like love it or they go, This thing doesn't have any performance. And so it doesn't. But rolling back to that Christini that you rode today, um, it was a four fifty, by the way. Okay. And it didn't feel like a four fifty, did it? Never ridden a four fifty, I don't think. Have you ridden a Husaberg 570? During the turn drill at the... Right. School. So it didn't have nearly that much power, did it? No. Like it hardly... It, it Like like you turn the throttle on the Husaberg, and I mean, it literally wants to like shoot out from underneath you, throw a giant roost out the back, and like rip. Yes. Yeah. And so this 450, this is... this this It was kind of like almost like riding a... Maybe a 350, you think? You've ridden a 350 before. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you use a two all-wheel drive, Logan? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I had him go out and do today. I had him go out and turn the all-wheel drive on and off just to just to experience what do you it. Think? What'd you think? Different and fun. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was having a hard time getting, what, disconnected, getting it disengaged, right? Yes. Yeah, he didn't. The button's a little bit finicky and... um so he wasn't sure he had it completely disengaged. And so, you know, it's a learning experience. It's, it's one of those teachable moments. But I still kicked his ass in flat track. So whatever else happened doesn't really doesn't really matter. No, uh, no that's not true. But so. That kid rips the flat track. Uh, no, I, no, I got him killed in corner uh, corner speed. I'm killing you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, we were working on that today. We're working on just playing pure corner speed. Like, you know, finally initiating the turn and then just controlling that speed through the corner. And uh, yeah, I had him. I had him covered. Like I was doing it one-handed and stuff. You know the usual. You, Georgie, you, you you would have been amazed. Yeah, I'm getting better. Yeah, I'm sure. Never never <laughs> ceased to amaze me. So uh, hey, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of guys here chiming in and answering questions for people. Okay, um, is is Sam Felipe Bob doing it for us? No, is he not there? I don't know. He, no, I'm not sure. I haven't had a chance to catch up. I've been talking about myself for too long. He's not in the peanut gallery, though. No, I don't. I don't. No, I, I meant Mojave uh, uh, Bob is not there. Oh no, Mojave Bob is not here because he's old and he doesn't want Logan to kill him uh, after having that's one that, of his. Oh yeah, that's true. Having one of his uh, super yeah. spreader no, girlfriends. I haven't, I haven't seen SFB. Yeah. <laughs> oh SFB. No, no, Mojave Bob came over with his recluse clutch, his newly tuned recluse clutch, and uh, tested it out on our little hill in the front house, and uh, made sure it was a. Uh, uh, pretty good. Uh, let's see. So with the Todd Kelly question, um, are am I postponing my schools for the time being? Yes, we are currently waiting. Yes, we have to be schools canceled now. Um, Some, somebody asked a question here. I can chime in on. They're talking about boots, and I'm trying to find it really quick. Okay. Because I just kind of went through there. Dan Zordon says, Tech 7 boots versus CD Crossfire. You can drink now, Jimmy. Uh, Tech 7 boots versus CD Crossfire SRS3. 
coming off the SRS SRS two, but looking to get into something at a lower price point. And you got a couple of answers here. Eric Featherston says there's no boot that can compare to the CD Crossfire, best boot I've ever or ever will wear. And uh, CDs aren't. We better check to see if Eric money. works for. Uh, does Eric work for uh, Motor Nation? <laughs> I, okay, so I wear I wear CDs all the time. Um, pretty much, uh, they they have been for the longest time my favorite boot, um, and I like them because they have a very stiff sole, especially the SRS, the SRS boot. Um, you know, George, you're gonna have to mute yourself when you stir that ice. By the way, well, I want to chime in here. So I'm trying to interrupt. Oh, you're trying to interrupt me. So, so I wear the CD SRS boots. I I and, and even today, what was I wearing today, Logan? Did you check my style? Uh. Tech sevens, tech, tech eights. eights, tech eights. I was wearing Alpine stars today because I switch boots all the time. I switch gear all the time. I switch helmets all the time because I'm always testing stuff because I want to be able to answer these questions authentically and honestly. And so the, the, the tech seven is definitely a step down in quality and protection from the CD, uh, the CD uh, Crossfire two and three are pretty much the same boot. There, there's really not a big there's not a big difference there. Uh, the Tech Seven is is man, so many guys love that boot because it's a very comfortable, easy to break in, just standard issue, really really good good fitting boot for a wide range of feet. If your foot is wide. Definitely try on the CDs. You know, when you start going to wide feet, you need to start looking down Garnet Avenue, we'll say. Garnets make really good boots for... Well, that's what I was going to say, because I just went through those, those crossfires, even with the, the calf thing all blown out, adjusted as far out as it'll go, and, and everything. It's just too narrow for me down in the bottom, where the foot box it, is. Yes. And I went to the, the Garnets. I haven't ridden them a lot, but I just got them, because they're they're held hostage in Nevada right now, but mm -hmm. they're muddy. You, you, you walk through the mud and you drug them into my shop. No, those are my old ones. Those are my slipper boots. Those are the trials ones. Okay. Yeah. I saw I them. More motocross, the SG 12. Right. Or something. And those are wider in the foot box. And I think those are going to work for a little more uh, stiffer boot, you know? Correct. Um, yeah, the Garnet thing's wider. So I, 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 I treat boots like helmets, and and um, it, it, the most important thing about them is fit, because uh, you're gonna, you will feel the fit. You know, just like you feel the fit of your helmet, at least the fit of the 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 foot, it's not gonna compromise. It it the fit in the foot doesn't have as much impact uh, on protection as it does in the helmet. Fit's really important in the helmet, but. You're going to feel your feet will aggravate the crap out of you if you have something that's pushing on the sides of your feet or has pinch points and stuff like that. So I would say go and, um, you know, go someplace that you can try some different stuff on. And by all means, if you're going to go there and try stuff on, buy from them. Don't, you know, run away and go, you know, buy it on the Internet. And that's yeah. that's what's so hard is there's no place to go to try stuff on usually. Well then, yeah. then, then if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna internet if you're if you're gonna internet buy order and return and good God is that a is that a hassle? So well, what, what like if you, if you got some you know funding you can throw it out there on a credit card like uh, Jim, we were talking about brute sizes. Order the ten and a half and order the eleven. Yeah, you know, so, just order them both at the same time and return the one that doesn't fit. If you're, yeah. If you're, 
See, and, and so so my experience is both CD, all of them, CD Alpine Star and Garnet are true to size in foot length. Um, the CDs tend to run, I would say the CDs tend to run a size small in width uh, compared to other stuff. The the Alpine Stars are true. Uh, the the Garnets tend to run a half a size wide in width compared to like a, a street shoe from my experience. Uh, don't be afraid to try, you know, Fox makes some pretty nice boots. And then some of these other companies like Fly is coming out with some pretty nice boots. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to call them price points boots because they're actually really trying to develop some of this stuff. And I've been wearing different ones. And there's certain things I like about every single one of them. And there's other things that I like, oh, you know, I could do without this and that. But um, I should probably do a damn boot comparison. But uh, who has time to do that, right? I just I just spend this time on – I just like to hang out with Logan. It's like it's like it's like I get to smoke him on the flat track. He hardly even puts up a fight. Like, how come you 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 were pretty you were laid down today? You wouldn't you like usually you try. You backed off today. I was on a new bike. I've never seen a oh, he was on a new bike. Well, why didn't you? Oh, because you weren't on your sister's bike. Yeah. Oh, that Yamaha was a handful for you. Too much power. I have a B. I have a BBR kit on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, so Jimmy, did you get some uh, write up in uh, what magazine? Dirt bike, dirt bike? magazine? Yeah. Uh, no, I did. No, 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 no. Hold on. I did not get write ups in any magazine. Uh, Ricky Brabeck got write ups in magazines, and Ricky was kind enough to mention uh, me because uh, uh, we trained. I trained, I helped train him. And that's, that's, that's it. So there's actually one, there's, a, I haven't seen the dirt bike one, which I heard is pretty good. And, uh, the racer X one was like really nice. Um, uh, Ricky said a lot of nice things about me and I super appreciate that because, uh, <laughs> there were, there was times when I thought I was pretty sure it's like, this guy's going to think I'm such a dick if this doesn't work out. <laughs> so, um, I think he still thinks that. He just well, he no, no, he doesn't think that. He know <laughs> now he's convinced, but he knows what I'm doing is not is not. I'm not, I'm not doing it just to be mean, just to, for the point of being mean. It's all it. There's reasons for it. It's like it's like training, right, Logan? Like like that's why I'm. I'm am I mean to you on the flat track? No, not yet. Wait till you start getting competitive, and then you say I want to go faster, and I'll show you. I'll I'll show you a tire, like two of them. Like right as they go past you, <laughs> and then you'll be laying on the ground. And you go, Jimmy's so mean. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, uh, Jeff Sweeney, Swinney, Swinney says Jimmy got quite. Oh, that's that's the question you just asked. Quite the. You got to keep up. Uh, it's hard. Um, Eric Featherston does not work for Motor Nation, but he loves his CD boots. Uh, Eric, now I. I the cool thing is everybody has an opinion and this is another thing I like to talk about all the time is besides myself is that everybody's opinion is a hundred percent valid to them. And then you have the opportunity to share it. And I, I do a lot of sharing of my opinion and I, I try to, I try to as much as it has my personal take on it, you know, what, what I really think I try to roll it back because I, I tend to understand, especially in the dirt bike market, the customer, the person that's buying this stuff, the the guy. I feel like you're all my friends, and I want you to, you know, get the best thing. And I would hate to say this is the best product ever, and that's why I have such a hard time attracting sponsors because I won't. You know, companies have come in and said, 
you know, there's one particular, no, two particular companies that make the same sort of things that are, that they say, we want to sponsor your show, your dirt bike test, but you can't talk about the other one. And I'm like, I won't do that. I just, it's like, because if you tell me, if you give me a couple specific keys, I'm going to go, nope, that one's like, if your foot's wide, I'm not going to try to sell you a CD boot. You know, I would say, hey, try it on just to make sure your foot's wide because it depends on where it's wide and how it fits. Or maybe you can go a size bigger and that works because you like certain things about it. But I'm not going to, you know, go one way or the other. I, you know, so, so your opinion is 100% valid for you. And a lot of it depends on your, your opinion is as uh, valuable as your experience level a lot of times because like how you formulate your opinion depends on how much experience you have so if you've only ridden ktms and you think hondas suck how do you know you know and vice versa if you've only ridden hondas like i used to try to get johnny campbell to ride other bikes and johnny campbell is a honda guy honda true and true from day one and I used to try to get Johnny to ride other bike. I didn't want to take him off of Hondas because I knew he's a Honda factory rider and he's Honda's Baja guy. And he's Honda. I like wanted to ride other bikes to feel different things. So when they were testing, he would have a, oh, you know, this Suzuki did this. Uh, mostly the Suzuki had a button on the handlebars. You pushed it and the bike started like electrically, which is pretty amazing on the side of a hill. Because I wanted that to go back to like... I loved my XR400, and I would have loved it more if it had an electric start. So, this, um, but so so going back to your opinion, it's like kind of depends on where it comes from, and that's why I try to use a lot of different stuff. That's why I make Logan ride a Christini. Yes. Because now you have a Christini experience. Now you have an all-wheel drive motorcycle experience. Now you got to ride that Honda 250F that has the Christini kit on it because that's a different experience. It the motor performance is a little bit different. And, and okay. the bike and the bike's lighter and the bike handles better and the bike has better suspension on it. And yeah, you'd have a good time in that one. So, uh, yeah, so your different experience is going to be, you need to seek sponsorship from your viewers and not major companies. That's going to be your different experience. Um, right. Are we talking about business now? The business no, of this show, how this, to, <laughs> I'm just trying to give you a little tap to that. Uh, yeah, well, we're gonna we're well. I I I saw how the motor motorcycle industry recovered from the last time we had a recession. So I'm not really feeling that confident about making money off of doing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's like we're all gonna we're all just the, the motorcycle only just gonna crawl in a hole and say no. We're yeah, who knows? I don't know. I and and by the way, thanks to your buddy Jim for buying a couple new bikes. You know, I mean that's that's a that yeah, we're, time he got off his wallet. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, his, his wife posted up here earlier. She said, I guess when he was talking about buying the two new bikes, she said, yeah, that was the zero interest APR on my credit card. That's what she <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Eric Featherston is not sponsored by Eric Featherston. If you ever need another pair of CD boots, and I'm telling this because I, I know some people, um, let me know. I have a I have a discount. I have a discount that I can uh, hook you up with there. Uh, you got to hook up Andy too. Andy appears to be hurting for boots. Yeah, it's, so email me. Email me at Jimmy at my name at whatever that website is that I run. dot com. I think he's what's, he's right. probably wearing some like Malcolm Smith, uh, you know, leather strap buckles and stuff. Up there. He says they're all clapped out. <laughs> yeah, 
Hey, uh, wow, we've gone. We've done this for an hour and a half, Logan. How come you didn't cut me off? I have no way out of tell time. Oh, you don't? Where's your phone? Oh, your phone's dead. My phone's on emergency mode only. Emergency mode only. Got it. At 20%, it goes to emergency mode. So, hey, uh, hey everybody, thanks for joining in. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good show. Uh, good time sharing times with you in these tough times. Uh, I'd like to thank Climb. Uh, Climb does help out dirt bike tests quite a bit. Uh, they've helped us out since the beginning. They help me out with my school. They make really awesome gear. What do we shoot photos of today, Logan? Climb gear. Climb gear. I was wearing that power cross jacket and I have nothing but good things to say, about it's probably my, it's probably my, my awesome gear find of the year. And, and I don't say that lightly, uh, because it's just a cool jacket. Unfortunately, it's getting to where it's starting to warm up now and the thing's not as awesome. You know, it, you don't want to wear it in the summer, but man, did it get me through the winter. Uh, I, I, I had a good time with that. So we'll put a little podcast up about that. And um, as soon as Logan, ed, Logan edits the video down, uh, it'll be up on the internets. Um, uh, wh- who else do we have up there? Uh, DDC Sprockets, uh, ddcracing.net. These are awesome Swiss cheese-like sprockets that last forever. Um, they look cool. I need to get one for that. Uh, the... Uh, which bike? Did I, oh, my YZ125. I was looking closely at my YZ125, which I've been ripping off sand motos on, and uh, that is time for a new sprocket. Actually, it needs it needs one of those upgrade kits, the Polysport plastic kit, because it looks like a the front looks good because I have the new fender on it, but it looks kind of saggy and old in the back. Yeah. Yeah, the fender's a little. The rear fender's a little. Yeah, mm. kind of like me, right? It goes okay. It just doesn't look very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm wearing this this hat today because guess what's coming up? Night riding season. Yeah. Yeah. Night riding season, and and you need good headlights. So uh, always Baja Designs has always been really good to to us. So um, what good. The farmers Almanac say about uh, weather down there is uh, you can be able to reschedule your classes you had to cancel. The, uh, no, no, I mean, it warm, it gets too hot out here to it training, the learning stops at about 90. So we're not going to, we'll probably, maybe we'll get one in May or something like that, but then, uh, we'll see how things, uh, how things develop. But, um, we, 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 I, I bought enough food to survive, you know, I'll make it, I'll make it through the summer. I, I got, there's plenty of rabbits running around here. We're okay. Rabbits. Uh, Jimmy has some rats at his house. He says he says he's got one. He's got one. He's got one big one. Uh, so all good. Uh, Gabe, anything from you? You're all good over there. We're gonna do a new video on something new. You, uh, you're supposed to take that Christini and go ride it, so we can sit down and do a podcast. Because people love it when you just complain about stuff. Apparently, Apparently yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you've got a good, your your opinion is as valid as anybody else's. Most. Your opinion is more valid than most of the people on the internet because you've ridden a lot of different motorcycles, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. So, and he's not sick yet, so we can still go riding. It's all good. And we're going to ride very carefully because we're not going to go to the hospital. We're going to be careful, right, Logan? Yes. Right. That's why he stayed six feet away from me because <laughs> I'm out of control. So with that, hey, guys, uh, thanks thanks a lot uh, for, um, you know, joining in. Uh, share this with a friend. Uh 
If you're listening to it, uh, give it a, I don't know, what do you give it things? Thumbs up. We like thumbs ups, thumbs ups and stuff. but good times. Check us out at www.dirtbiketest.com. We have lots of cool stuff up there. Uh, use the search thing to, if you have a question about a bike or a product, we may or may not have tested. More than likely, we've tested something like that. And there's also links at the bottom of a lot of the uh, stories that have links to Amazon that will click through and you can, we get a little small chunk of that and that helps keep us in business and keeps the lights on. Why don't you turn the light off right there so everybody can see what it looks like when the lights go off. Yeah, just pull the plug out of the bottom of that thing. That'll work. Like here's what it's like. Yeah, that's what it looks like when the lights go out. Pull that one over there. We're going to turn the lights out here and I'm going to go eat it. I'm going to eat a tamale. I'm going to have to go heat it back up. Hard. Yeah, there we go. We're 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 dying out now. But thanks guys. We will see you probably next week. Um hopefully we'll have a format for this show and we'll be even better next time. Uh thanks George for joining us. You have anything you want to say to your seven or eight fans? Yeah, the sorry the tank of gas in your truck is almost done, but um it we'll handle that later. Price is going down. Sounds good. Ready? Logan Logan's yawning, so we're gonna say with that. We will uh, catch you out on the trail. Cheers. Hey, Jimmy, why would anybody want a left-hand rear brake? Well, Logan, you think about it. If you've got a recluse clutch in your bike and you toss the clutch lever away because you don't need it anymore, it's just like your bicycle. You like a brake up on your handlebar, don't you? Yeah. So it's the same theory on the motorcycle. It just gives you another level of control. Now, it's different, and you have to get used to it like anything, but it's a product that Recluse makes. They're in their third generation of these things now, and they're getting way better. So if you are looking for another way to control your motorcycle, uh, turn to Recluse for the left-hand rear brake kit, and it's available for most current dirt bikes. If you want to learn more, where do you go? www.recluse.com. How do you spell that, Logan? R-E-K-L-U-S-E.